to our loyal Dub Talk listeners, this is not the full film of Love Live, the School Idol Project movie. This is an English review of the film. The film can be purchased on Blu-ray from Nis America through retailers such as Bright Stuff and Amazon, as well as be found streaming through a subscription from Funimation.com. Please support the official release. Sincerely, the Dub Talk Podcast. Oh, man, this flight is so long. Oh, God. Well, they said it was the Big Apple, so we might as well get ready to go. So there's a lot of things to do. You see... Oh, is there a disclaimer for things? I mean, this is another country, so I guess we should know the rules there. It says that there may be language and situation that are not suitable for all audiences, so that listener's discretion is advised. It also says the spoilers for the entirety of the Love Live School Idol Project anime, as well as the School Idol Project movie, will be present, as well as spoilers for any and all other series. So if you've not watched any of these, please come back later or proceed with caution. And finally, it says that the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants of the Dub Talk podcast and do not reflect the podcast as a whole. Well, these seem like pretty simple rules. Uh, Hey, we landed. There's a taxi. Ah! Is that a rat with a pizza running up the stairs? Oh god, this really is New York. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the show where a group of school idols get together, save the school, and then somehow, in some way, get this concert to blow up in America. My name is Megan, and with me, I have everyone's favorite hi- favorite school idol, Nico Nico Hardy. Mm, what's up? Mm, the wrestling's coming on. We gotta get this done over with. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight, we are beginning Summer at the Movies. Uh, Dub Talk's annual summer vacation where we get to talk about anime movies. And before we get into the nitty gritty of this, I just want to put the general disclaimer that somehow if you missed the first disclaimer and you're still listening to this, no, this is not the entirety of the Love Live movie dub on YouTube. Go away, you pirates. And please don't downvote us for that. Stop downvoting us because you can't read. Um, Or listen, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... Seriously, though, if you, as of the time of this recording, if you still want to watch the Love Live movie on YouTube, you can buy or rent it on YouTube's downloading. YouTube's uh, purchase system, actually. Both the sub and the dub version. Uh, So, if you haven't guessed, we are here to talk about Love Live, the school idol movie. No, no, not Love Live Sunshine over the rainbow. We already did a Love Live Sunshine episode. Uh... Tonight we decided to go back and do the first Love Live series movie for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, we haven't talked about it. And number two, we've never talked about this cast outside of the W Awards. This is true. Yeah, I gave a couple W's for this. And uh, let's see how much those hold up like almost four or five years later. (laughs) Yeah, this this movie came out in 2015. Yeah. So, to put that into perspective. That's five years ago. This is a five-year-old movie. And it is fucking weird. <laughs> even by even by anime movie franchise standards, this is a weird-ass movie. Um, the summary, as from Nis America on the back of the DVD box, goes as follows. The next Love Live, a concert in which school idols compete against each other, 
is in the works. The plan is to hold the event at the Grand Akiba Dome. In order to make it happen, the previous champions, Muse of Otino Kizaka High, have been chosen to perform overseas. The performance will be broadcast to a live show and show the whole world what Love Live is all about. The news is delivered to Muse on the day of the senior's graduation, and after the initial shock wears off, they leave Japan uh, happily for their journey. Uh, I'm basically going to stop reading the box after this because it just fucking spoils the entire goddamn movie. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, the girls go overseas. Uh, they have a huge, successful livestream concert, and when they come back, they are essentially mega-famous Superstars, and, even. Yeah, they're superstars. They gotta run around, and there's an entire song that is just dedicated to Nico Nozomi and Ellie running around in sunglasses, which is, like, not even the best song in the movie, and everybody can fight me. Um, they basically... But the thing that ends up coming up is Muse has already decided that they're gonna break up when the, the uh, seniors graduate, and now they have to rethink all of this. Uh, mm -hmm. But this is a shitty plot summary, because this movie can just be described as Honoka Kosaka, character arc finished. Yeah, and with a little bit of uh, Home Alone 2 in there for for good measure. <laughs> yes, they go to New York. <laughs> um, also, this movie decides that they're going to pull the I'm you from the future shit <laughs> for <laughs> reasons unknown. Honika just keeps running into an older version of herself that it's just so fucking weird. Um... And I'm all, I'm wondering who's paying for all this. <laughs> the, I mean, <laughs> the deep dark underground idol, idol. I mean, good lord, the size of the spectacles that they put on this movie. I mean, somebody's some who's funding it. Where is the money coming from? It ain't coming from the fifteen-year-old schoolgirls. Excuse me, at least three of them are eight, 17 to 18. Right, well, yeah, true. <laughs> Clearly, this is all coming from the dark coffers of Katori's mom. <laughs> well, I mean, if they had that kind of scratch, then why couldn't they afford to keep the school open? Shut up, Hardy. They have to work. You have to, they have to keep the school open on the backs of child labor. <laughs> like, clearly, clearly, this is all the work of the alpacas. <laughs> who at one point in the movie get a, a little moment of them singing along and it's oddly very kind of creepily charming. That's oh. that's not even the most uh the most famous scene of the alpacas is one where they wake up in Nico's bed and all I can think of is just to put a Brazzers logo right in the corner. <laughs> Good god, Nico, what the fuck are you into? <laughs> Uh, so I have some theories on how th they were afforded to go to New York. Number one, this is all run off the backs of creepy, creepy fanboys. Uh, True. Two, Honoka is just apparently idol Jesus. Amer apparently, yeah. And three, uh, obviously it was Katori's mom all along, who might as well be either that or, or either that or Ma Maki's dad. Yeah, Maki's rich. yeah Maki's super rich dad. But he's not even the best dad of the entire series. That's just Honoka's dad who, like, whips out six fucking glow sticks at one point. Yeah. Who never speaks and we never see his full face. Yeah, there are no, there are actually no men in Love Live. That's just a construct. <laughs> yeah, they're background men, but none of them ever speak. Or have faces. Uh, or distinct faces, yeah. yeah. But there's a few, I, I was actually surprised because when they go to New York, there's a few actual men walking around in the background and... I'm like, the male race does exist. Oh, my God. Holy shit. 
Also, I'd like to point out that if you own the Miss America box set of this, this movie is rated E for everyone. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's just rated e. It just says rated E for everyone. There's no fucking rating on this. Apparently, this is a video game because it's okay. Niss. Miss America wow. puts out a lot of video games. I guess they got this fucking mixed up. Um, Whoops. So, uh, yeah. Welcome to the Eric Andre show, the movie. Um, <laughs> da, 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 da. Does this mean Nico's Hannibal? <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey, Honoka, Honoka, look at me. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That, was, that is an accurate representation of Nico's character, though. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Bitch. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Remember, Nico Yazawa found dead in Miami. <laughs> so, tonight, Hardy and I will be discussing the dub of the Love Live uh, school idol movie. Uh, in traditional uh, fashion for some of the movies, these are going to be full reviews of the dub. Um... So we're going to be talking about the cast. There's not a lot of characters. It's going to seem like a lot, but first two sections of this movie can go by really fast. Mm -hmm. um, so let's get this started with the director and the writer. Our director for this movie is one Tony Oliver, and our writer is Caitlin Glass. Tony Oliver, you'll know, is the director of Fate Zero, K-On! and A Lull in the Sea, among many other things. And Caitlin Glass on the ADR side, you'll know more as a director, but she has written for series such as Durarara Times 2, A Lull in the Sea, and Yuki. She did some work on Yuki Yuna is a Hero. And um, it's also also should be noted that she actually directed Love Live Sunshine, the yes. sequel to this. this yes. Yeah. And as of right now, the Nijigasaki series hasn't been licensed, let alone like a lot of details have been announced by that. So. Hopefully yeah. that one will go to Funimation. She'll probably end up directing that too. Um, right. But that one is like super new because that unit only got started like a couple of years ago. And oh God, the the game that they're primarily featured in fucking retcons a lot of shit in the really? game verse where like it's, it's really weird. It's like Nico went to school with them at one point and Aquas and Muse exist at the same time in that game. And it's just, it's basically a, a way so that you can have all three groups on at one time. And also be, it's not really a rhythm game. It's a fucking RPG. And one of the girls is like fucking Swiss. Huh? She got, so, she got some honks on her too. Wow. So Emma. it's kind of like the Smash slash Dissidia of Love Live. <laughs> Everyone is here, except for all the fucking end girls from School Idol Festival, which, boy howdy, huge ass miss opportunity for this movie not to have them be the, the, the other school idols that come to help them. I was kind of oh, like, I was right. like, damn, they had so, they have so many good designs in that, including like, like literally a girl who came from the wild. I'm like, wait a minute. The portal scene from Avengers Endgame was way different than I remember. <laughs> Honika just steps out and they, all the other idols come out of the portal. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here, uh, Sakura from Zombieland Saga? <laughs> Idol Master Girls, what the fuck? Kamu, you're not even a girl! <laughs> Kamu from Udapri just shows up because he's got long hair. And is Princess Elsa. <laughs> no, he's Princess <laughs> Alucard, I'm sorry. Princess Alucard. He's like, he's, he's the child. Okay. Kamu from Udapri 
is like, what if Elsa from Frozen and Alucard from Castlevania fucked? Which is, that's probably a fanfic out there. Probably. <laughs> that Gigi wrote. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you, Gigi. Sorry, boo. All right. So, yeah, well, let's uh, let's talk about our directors here. Yeah, you want to go first? Because uh, you are, you kind of start, you ended up watching this because I would not shut the fuck up to you about watching this. Yeah, um... I had some issues, a little bit of issues with the writing, not in the movie, but in the first series in general, uh, mainly because Awesome Sauce does not belong in a dub. <laughs> okay, the greater Love Life community memes the fucking shit out of that. Right. <laughs> for but, fair reason. Yeah. But for the most part, for the movie, uh, I think the writing and directing was fine. Um, an interesting challenge is when they went to New York how they were to handle the the New Yorkers and the difference in it. because to the to us as listeners the girls are all speaking English and so to the uh, the New Yorkers they're speaking Japanese and so it's sort of this weird uh, dub issue that that kind of had to sell out it makes more sense in the sub than it does in the in the dub um, but I I like the fact that they gave the New Yorkers like actual New York accents they were awful though. They were pretty awful. They weren't that great, but it was a and it was a it was a nice attempt. An attempt was made. You got that that shitty. There was an attempt, Gold Star. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, I think other than the the bad accents, the writing in general was not problematic. Uh, it worked perfectly fine. And aside from a few of the more shrill performances from the girls. I think it's a totally listenable dub personally. Yeah, this is a this is it's weird to talk about stuff like this because you always have to you always have to contextualize talking about this in the sense of I am talking about this not for the greater love life fandom. I'm talking about this for people who almost exclusively watch dubs. Um, right. I, I've noticed this with a lot of idol fan bases, and look, I understand that each fan base is its own monster. Each fan base is going to have its own uh, awesome people and its own people who suck massive cojones. Oh, yeah. um, trust me, I'm in a lot of fandoms like that. Like I like My Hero Academia a lot. Um, I'm a huge fan of. Um, trying to think of another series that has like a huge like cultish fan base. JoJo's. I like JoJo's, but I wouldn't call myself, like, major JoJo's fandom. Though I do own a lot of JoJo's art, because JoJo's mm -hmm. art is... People who do JoJo's Bizarre Adventure art are... Some of them are fucking gorgeous, like... Yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has, like, some of the nicest art. Um, I would guess I'd say, like, uh, Promare, because we are... Yeah, yeah. like, Promare, um... Or Haikyuu. Haikyuu's fan base is oddly chill. They are really fucking relaxed people. But just, like, in general, like, larger... D DBZ, I'm not a part of, but a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of fan bases that have good people and bad people in them. And I've noticed with idol fan bases that people who are super into it have this odd knack of just wanting to dunk on the dubs regardless of quality, which... Look, the existence of the dubs for things like Love Live Ensemble Star, uh, Bandori, or Bangrim as it's known by its actual name, um, Zombieland Saga, uh, uh, Bokudon, Oshibudo, or Bokudon, mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck the whole, that mouthful yeah. ass of a title. Right. Um, 
Or stuff like Code Realize and stuff like that. Yeah, like Otome, Otome games and stuff. Like, the existence of their dubs in these days do not detract from the fact that, like, the original version exists and, like, and for the most part, a lot of them are fucking accessible as hell to get into, um, mm. anime-wise. I don't want to say that for the games, because I know Ensemble Stars, Idolish 7, um, are not out in America. Like, you cannot play those mobile games. Like, whereas Love Live and the Udapri games and Bang Dream are a lot easier to access, mm-hmm. because their games do have official English releases. Um, which, by the way, are not dubbed. Right. Yeah, like, they're not dubbed at all, so... I have been playing Love Live for, like, five years. I... Around that time, I can... I don't want to log up my phone, but I've put, like, almost 14, 1500 days into that game. Let alone, we're not talking about how much money I've spent on it. So, I am really familiar with a lot of the Seiyuu cast for this. Mm Mm-hmm. And I like it. I like the the subcast, except for a couple of voices, like, are a little shrill even there. And some mm-hmm. of the singing voices aren't as strong as people would like to think mm-hmm. that they are. And um, then there's Mari, who just screams all the time. Oh, God. I Like, I can't stand, like, no offense to anybody who likes the Seiyuu for Mari, I can't stand her voice. Um, But my greater point is, like, I'm never going to convince these people to watch this dub or think it's good. So I'm not talking to them. Mm. I'm here to talk about people who are into dubs. We're thinking about checking this out and how I feel about it on that aspect. Because right. I'm not going to convince these other people. Uh, mm. This is a solid dub. It is nowhere near as polished as Sunshine. Right. At right. all. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of short performances. There are a couple of times where, like, I honestly think, like, the cast should have been switched up a little bit. Like, other voices for other characters seemed a lot stronger for another girl, but they were cast as this other person. Mm -hmm. Uh, The writing is much improved from the series. Um, The other issue I have, and this might just be more of the um, fault that the way the movie is actually edited. Like, this transition from speaking to song is really fucking weird at points in this movie. Right. There's one scene where Nico is doing her Nico, Nico, nee, and it sounds odd. I don't know if they kept that in, kept that part in Japanese or if the English actress actually, actually did that. But, um, yeah, it's like, I think they cut over to a credit. It's still going. And I, I didn't get to check that. And I think the weirdest snap from, from speaking to song goes to when they sing future style. Mm-hmm. And it's really jarring because Katori's singing voice in the sub is very high pitched. Yeah. Yeah. We should uh, mention this to the audience that Love yeah. Life famously has never dubbed their songs. It's a, For it's a licensing issue. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, there are times where transitioning from the English speaking to the Japanese singing can be very jarring for a show like this. Yeah, and it's it's and that's why I say this, like, it's not I don't think it's the fault of like the dub or anything. I think that's just how the movie's edited because it would be really fucking jarring in the Japanese too. Because right. the transition from we're speaking to we're singing goes by really fast and it doesn't flow really well. Like Future Style's the worst song for this. The mm-hmm. best transition in, from speaking into a song is the first actual song in the movie, which is... Um, the First Years. Yeah, that song, by the right? way. Right, The First Years? Yeah, yeah, that song, by the way, fucking slaps. Um, hello, I think it's like Hello uh, Kawazoshite. I can't say the full name, but like that song's really good. Uh, Angelic Angel is like the best song in the movie. 
mm. which is the big performance song, but that's another thing. I think the dub is solid. I think Sunshine's dub, just because you do kind of have to compare them, because, hey, they're from the same franchise. Um, right. It's like comparing, like, uh, Gundam Seed to, like, Gundam the Origin. Like, you're the same franchise. I expect things. Um, and, it, and it says a lot about that because Sunshine was a simul dub too. So yeah. they were putting that out week by week, whereas this, they had time to work on it. So, yeah. And I noticed one thing, another little crit, uh, critique I had is that one scene, it's like the mix was off. It's where her little sister was poking it uh, over the bridge and, and yelling at, uh, at yeah. Honika. And it's like the lip syncing didn't match at all. I'm like, how did that get through? And like, I didn't notice any other issues with lip syncing other than that, but that one was very glaring. So, yeah, and there's I don't a, know. I, yeah, and I also noticed because for some dumb reason, I don't know if your DVD did this. When your movie started, did it have like the subtitles with it? No, uh, I played mine on my PS4. Um, yeah, was I, it like the full English subtitles with the with everything, or like like? Uh, I think I don't know. It had like the dialogue going, but even some of the dialogue to the subtitles like wasn't matching. But. Hmm. It wasn't, it's not like fucking Netflix, uh, September is November bad. Right, um, right. Netflix, Netflix, we can't, we can't sync our lip flaps and count. Um, but at least we're better than Amazon. On. Because we dump things. <laughs> no, but otherwise, solid effort. Um, again, this isn't going to change a lot of people's minds that are into the, the sub of Love Live or like obsessed with the Seiyu themselves or, or anything, but like. It's if you're a dub only person, like you're not, you're not going to be treated to like, uh, like fucking four kids Tokyo Mew Mew or Deke Sailor Moon, like. But this isn't as I think polished as some other stuff, or even some uh, other stuff from Nis America, honestly. Like, but Nis has so few dubs, it's very hard to compare them. I think they have. They've put out like three themselves, and then the last one was Car Captor Sakura, which is. Not a good dub at all. Yeah, and nor was it even dubbed in America. That's the Animax dub. Right, right. That's the, that's the Asian dub for for CCS. And for the love of God, Funimation, please get that and redub it. Um, even if I'm not super fond of that cast, right? Like, just just do it. So we'll have a good dub for once. But like, um, no, the the three Nis dubs are alone in the sea. This and Toradora, and people rave about Toradora's dub. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, like, Torador is, like, the good one, and then and I haven't actually watched Alola the Lola in the Sea, I've, I've watched a few episodes. It's pretty good. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's, like, a masterpiece or anything, but it's perfectly listable. I haven't finished it yet, either. So, yeah. I need to go back and finish that. I, I should start that, because I own the nice premium box set of that, and I have not touched it. <laughs> um, but we've been going on for this, uh, so, for a little bit. Let's go on to some characters. Yes, speaking, please. Speaking of Honoka's little sister, mm -hmm. uh, we have Yukiko Kosaka, and we also have Alisa Ayase, who is Ellie's little sister. Mm -hmm. um, they are kind of a little bit more prominent in in the original series in that they are kind of there to motivate Ellie and Honoka. Uh, and eventually they both get accepted to Otinokizaka when they save the school. Um, and they, uh, in the series, which is kind of what causes this, is that... Um, they both say they want to join Muse when the yeah, older girls they're leave. They're aspiring idols themselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, which eventually causes them all to, to, to realize that Muse is the nine of them. And once they leave, they, they need to break it up. And 
let's be real, that scene makes me cry like a fucking baby. Mm. When they're all on the train and they just start hysterically crying and laughing with each other. Yeah. And the thing that kills me is, like, Maki's trying not to cry and then Nico looks at her and I'm like, fuck you, Nico. It's like Karna crying in assassination classroom. Like, it's like, I'm not yeah. going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You oh, know, it, no. It, it's it's like grumpy crying at Snow White. It's like, get back in there, Tear. <laughs> get back in there. Uh, but yeah, they're silent idols. And then, um, there's a spoiler on this. Uh, so at the end of the movie, when they're third years... Uh, they are welcoming the new members to the idol club at Otinohisaka and telling them the legend of Muse, which mm-hmm. gets really bittersweet if you've watched Sunshine because stuff that happens in season one of Sunshine. Um, right. So playing Al- uh, Alis- uh, Alisa is Brianna Knickerbocker and playing Yukiko is Christine Marie Cabanos. Brianna mm-hmm. Knickerbocker, you'll know as Wiz in Konosuba, Rem in ReZero, in which she reprises both roles for Isekai Quartet. Mm-hmm. As well as Yuna in Be the Beginning. Christina Cabanos, you'll know as Nina Klein in Aldno Azira, Madoka Kaname in the Madoka Magical franchise, and Keiko Ayano, aka Silica, in the Sword Art Online franchise. I I still have a hard time believing that's her real name. I'm sorry, Brianna. <laughs> but um But as far as I'm concerned, these two really kind of faded into the background this movie. Um, yeah, because this movie focuses on the nine m- members of Muse for the most part, and mostly, and, but mostly Hodaka. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like seventy five percent Hodaka, like twenty percent Muse, and five percent everyone else. Um, and so, they, yeah, they really didn't didn't make much of an impression on me, but they sounded fine. Um, like I said, Christine Cabanos has really, really uh, made a bigger impression on me in the coming years since she played Monica. And because um, I've mentioned this in the fact when I first heard her voice, I was not really a fan. Um, but she has made leaps and bounds since then. Um, and while these characters don't really stand out, they're perfectly fine and perfectly listenable. Um, and so I really don't have much to say. Yeah, no, um, I agree is, uh, they do fade into the background. I was actually like, I was actually just like kind of fucking waiting for them to show up. I'm like, Jesus Christ, where the hell are they? Um, granted they did make it to the airport before Hanukkah did. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, uh, I think they're perfectly serviceable. They were pretty good in the original series too. Right. Uh, thinking about it, this was actually probably some of the first times I had ever actually heard Brianna Knickerbocker in an anime. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still relatively new yeah this was god five years ago and she's still just kind of like now getting a lot more like presence mm-hmm. um which is really weird because we're gonna get into when we get into like muse actually some of the some of the girls in there like have come a fucking long way since this show a lot um, yeah yeah and just like also christina Cabanos was was great i was actually surprised that she wasn't actually one of the girls in muse Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like actually she's kind of wasted on being uh, Yukiko in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think her I think her voice tone fit would have fit a character better mm. than making another actress potentially push her range really far. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, they were both serviceable. Just kind of wish they were in the movie more. Also, be I'm so sorry that <laughs> poor Christina Cabanos got fucked by the lip sync. Yep, wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, ready to move on? Yes, absolutely. 
Awesome. So let's move on to Muses Rivals Arise. Um, Arise, when the show starts out, are the number one school idols in Japan. And they go to this big, fancy uh, new school called UTX. And it's like this technological marvel. It's in the middle of Tokyo. It's like right near Akiba. It's super high tech. Um, And originally, um, Honoka's sister Yukiko wants to go there. Because it's so cool and all this stuff. And seeing Arise perform is what eventually um, gets Honoka the idea to become school idols and, and save the school. And we all know what goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Arise is, has always been their rivals. And in this movie, they're, they're kind of their friends. And it's, it's weird. And we'll get into it when we talk about it. Because you kind of have to compare them to, to Sunshine in this sense. But yeah, um... So, Arise is, uh, is a three-girl unit composed of Tsubasa Kira, who's the leader, Anji Yuki, who is kind of the costume girl, and Irina Toto, who I guess is the muscle, because she <laughs> doesn't fucking do anything. She's wild card, bitches! Arena <laughs> yes. jumps out of... Also, Arise is, like, fucking rich and has, like, a sex limo at one point. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I just love Subasa, come and get into my car, Honoka. And, like, they're all in their uniforms sitting there. Like, okay, like, Arise is kind of creepy sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Just, all the time. They're like fucking idol robots. They're they're like the Shinra Corporation idols. <laughs> oh, Rufus! Um, now, now this is just turning into Final Fantasy VII Mach- Machina Bridge, so, um... Yeah. Playing Tsubasa Kira is Cassandra Morris. Playing Anju Yuki is Karina Bordiger. Uh, and playing Arena Toto is Erica Harlocker. Cassandra Morris, you'll know as Sapphire, Midori, Kawashima, and Liz in the Bluebird. Uh, Sayaka uh, Nathari in Your Name and Taiga Isaka in Toradora. Uh, Karina Bordiger, you'll know as Nakio Watanabe, a.k.a. Ga- uh, Gako in Dino Girl Gako. Brera Rabbit in, in I, I fucking hate Isekai names. High school prodigies have it easy even in another world. Ah! And Somali in Somali in the Forest Spirit. Uh, Erica Harlocker, you'll notice characters such as Blood Leopard in Excel World Infinite Burst, Jita uh, in Grand Blue Fantasy the Animation, and Yukiko Shirado in Megalobox. Please, for the love of God, somebody teach isekai writers how to fucking make titles that aren't attempting to break the Twitter limit count. Well, it's easier for them because they type all in uh, in Japanese characters, so they can have like entire novels in one tweet. So, God. <laughs> please, God, stop an isekai writer today. Not physically, but you know, do what you have to. <laughs> for just right. five ninety nine a month, you two can stop Truckoon. <laughs> There was one part where Honoka's, like, skipping up the street, and my entire thought was, like, a truck's gonna fucking come around the corner. I'm surprised it didn't happen in episode one. I'm surprised it didn't happen in episode one when she was dancing in traffic. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. This entire show just starts off with Honoka dancing in traffic. For all we know, Honoka did just get hit by a truck, and this is her fever dream the entire time. (laughs) I mean, even in this movie, she keeps running down, like, uh, like... Uh, metal wet stairs and I'm like that bitch gonna fall and crack her head 
That's why she can. That's why herself comes from the future to prevent her from dying of a preventable accident. Yeah. Like, Hodaka's I... gonna. Hodaka's gonna fucking final destination herself. Hi. I... Uh, what is? Remind me what Hodaka's last name is. Kosaka. Yeah. Hi, I'm Hodaka Kosaka. Then welcome to Jackass. <laughs> 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 Oh my! That's just what Umi hears whenever Honoka goes by her, because Umi is just Honoka's Honoka's caretaker. <laughs> Being Oop. Umi is suffering. Anyways, That's the entire movie. Anyways, let's get back to Arise. Uh, uh, the, for Arena and Aju, they're again they're just sort of background characters. They don't really do much. They didn't really do much in the in the main series, and they don't do much here either. I think well, at least uh, Aju helps with the helps with the wardrobe so there's that but i did not hear erica harlocker as erida and she just didn't sound like her uh, and i've gotten to the point where i can recognize erica pretty good so i don't know if it stands for the fact that Arena arena doesn't do much or if um it just i had an off day but it sounded like a different person but i mean it, it's kind of irrelevant because she's just sort of a stand-up <laughs> cardboard stand-up anyways harlockers harlockers just here to get the paycheck right yeah it's like cut the check and uh same thing with karina betker i she doesn't really say a whole lot so you can't really make that good of a judgment um i think they sounded fine they're serviceable um i'd have no real complaints now subasa kira Here's my thing on Arise as the rival group is we're supposed to buy them as sort of their friends now. Mm-hmm. But the way Cassandra plays Subasa, there's always this little bit of animosity. It sounds like she's holding back. She just like, I'm smiling right now, but right now I'm staring at you with daggers, even when they become friends. And I, I think that kind of soiled me on them as a her as a character because even when she was saying all these things like hey we're gonna help you think of us as friends and it never sounded authentic because there was always this little bit of jealousy um hidden down in the performance i don't know if that was done intentionally but by cassandra but i think if cassandra had played the character with a bit more pep and and a bit more less violent then maybe I would have preferred like this performance a little bit more. Technically, it's proficient. It's definitely serviceable and it's listenable, but it never, it always made me kind of resent Subasa as a character. I don't know if it's the same way in the sub or, or not, but, but that's just what I had to say. She never really sounded like she was genuine. Yeah, no, I think the performance is really good, but I don't think the performance is also what the character needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I again, I can't tell if that is on Cassandra, Tony as the director, or just the ser- the movie. Uh, because frankly, I, I honestly think that Arise is kind of like wasted characters in the sense of this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's, it, it, it's hard to, to talk about this movie and not compare it to... Sunshine? Sunshine. Which, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the Sunshine movie yet. Yeah. I just haven't gotten around to it. And, and from what I've been told, it's nowhere near as good as this movie. Mm. But, what I do know from playing the phone game is that Saint Snow does have a part of that movie. And they get their own songs in it. 
mm-hmm. um, that aren't just rehashes of ones that we heard in the show. Um, and even in the series, uh, Saint Snow actually performed a song with Muse. Yeah, together it, as as a sort of super group. That was whereas Arise never did it. Even even in the big portals segment at the end, where all yeah. the different groups come together. Yeah, they're off. They're off at UTX dancing and doing shit, but. It, Mm-hmm. Like, I think the thing is that these characters in the show never were really anything other than, like, very stock rivals, because I don't know if the series knew what to do with them. Mm-hmm. But as a time where, where Sunshine came around, St. Snow, especially uh, Leah, the younger one, mm-hmm. became her own character. Um, and also, B, their music is just the fucking best, by the way. Uh, St. Snow fucking slaps. And um, she raps, too. Yes, like, yeah. uh, if you've never, like, Dropout, Crash Mind are amazing fucking songs. I remember when Andrew watched Sunshine for the first time and he got to Saint Snow, he's like, is this a fucking idol rock group? <laughs> um, and I was like, hell yeah, they are. Um, but no, Cassandra does a good job. And I was actually, again, surprised that Cassandra wasn't one of the main girls. Mm. That she was, uh, was she was Tsubasa, because I thought her, her acting chops were, were really good. But I, I understand completely because it did very much seem like she was kind of angry with Honoka or had this sense of resentment because they beat them. But the movie wants you to believe that, hey, it's okay. We want to work together to make love life bigger than it is. We don't resent you for going to America and beating our asses a bunch of times and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, though there is this one kind of hilarious scene where she like gets really close and buddy-buddy with Maki and Nico <laughs> gets super pissed. Um and then Erica and Karina were, were good. Karina has the cutesy kind of princess voice, and Erica, I don't know what the fuck Erica was doing, but Tsubasa got a lot, but uh, her girl got a fucking mm-hmm. line, so get that paycheck. Um, yep. Yeah, you get that You get that paycheck, Arena. Uh, but yeah, no, that's all I got to say to them, so let's, let's start kicking it into overdrive and actually get into the muse. All right. Uh, so first up, we have two of the first years, uh, Hanayo Koizumi, who in Rin Hoshizora, Hanayo uh, originally starts out as a very meek and shy girl who is super into idols and kind of freaks out. And she slowly gains confidence and becomes the, the new head of the idol club at the school when Nico leaves. Um, mm. She is, she's kind of the shy, quiet, help me type. She's for those of you who have only seen Sunshine, she is Ruby. She is the Ruby of this show. Uh, Reen Hoshizora. And she really, really loves her some, some rice. Yeah, don't you fucking touch her rice. Um, <laughs> don't you fucking touch her rice. Which, I will talk about the one episode of the the actual series that pissed me the fuck off about her. Um, and then Rin Hoshizora is the athletic spunky one. In a sense, she she's actually more of the yo. If I had to make a direct personality, kind of... Mm. Yeah. Kind of comparison. She's more Yo than she is, say, Yohane or Maru or Hanamaru. Um, mm-hmm. She is... Uh, she She's athletic. Uh, she also dresses... Starts over the series, goes from being a lot more tomboy mm-hmm. to embracing some more of her femininity, and she has, like, one of the best episodes of the show. Right. Uh, she's also basically a cat taking human form. Yes. And she's also my favorite girl. <laughs> um, yeah. mm-hmm. She is Megan's overall favorite love life girl. Like, um, I also have infinitely hilarious luck pulling her limited URs for her birthday in which there's mm-hmm. a there's a Twitch clip floating out there somewhere where I say don't solo YOLO and proceed to solo YOLO her Zodiac UR and scream like a banshee. Wow. Um, It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So, playing uh, Hanayo is Xanthi Wynn, and playing Rin is uh, Faye Mata. Uh, Xanthi Wynn, you'll know his characters such as Alika Zoldik in Hunter Hunter, Pala Pala is Sailor Moon Super S, and Makuya in Makia, the place where the father of flower bloomed. Faye Mata, you'll know as uh, Yumeme, Yumemai in Kakegarui, uh, your girl Lily Hoshi, uh, Hoshina in Be the Beginning. Yes. And Al Stofo, aka Writer of Black, in Fate Apocrypha. <laughs> That's your boy. It's my boy. <laughs> I'm just saying, you fucking tight moon ass cowards, that Sieg and Alstofo should have gotten together. It'd be funny if Alstofo was the top. Of course, Alstofo's the fucking top. Sieg <laughs> has the personality of white bread. <laughs> Hell, Sieg doesn't even top between him and Gene. <laughs> All right, so. Um, my thoughts. Let's see here. Uh, let's start with Xanthi as Hanayo. Um, Xanthi has actually been in the business a lot longer than people think. She was, uh, she's been there back since the Media Blasters days, if you can believe it. Um, and, uh, I think she's just now recently gotten more and more, uh, into, into the spotlight, I think, with her roles, especially in the recent Anohana dub. And, uh, and what's another one that she was... Maki, uh, is, Maki is a big one. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, and uh, Persona 5, Haru. Yes. Right, yeah. So she's really cu- up and coming. And um, I think she's adorable as Hanayo. I think her voice perfectly matches this character, if if you have to, uh, if, in, in my personal opinion. I, I think having watched the show in English and having watched Hanayo as a character. I think that she's absolutely spot on. Uh, let's talk about Faye Mata because she has had an explosive uh, increase uh, since this was dubbed. I think this was actually one of her first roles when she was getting into the industry was yeah, the like, first love really, life. Yeah, it's like really early on. I think, in fact, you uh, when we first introduced the voice actor to watch, you gave her that award for one of the first dubbies that we did. Yeah, actually, both her and Xanthi. Oh, I, oh, right, right. Yeah. and um, Which and you, shows you how much I, I actually, like, spoiler alert, I fucking love these two of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that Faye's range, because this was one of the first things I heard her. And when you go and listen to her in this, or you listen to her in something as recent as Konosuba or listen to her, especially as Lily in be the beginning it's it's like listening to a completely different actress. I just have to really say that that's, she's has some amazing range. And, uh, I, and this in particular, I think she, she's able to catch Rin's energy, uh, especially well. And so, yes, I really like this performance. Yeah, no, and one of the, I'll, I'll continue with Faye. One of the things I'd like to is that uh, Love Live as a show, both this and Sunshine, uh, some of the vocal quirks from the Japanese are kept in the English version. Mm-hmm. Um, the example in Sunshine is that uh, Hanamaru says Zora uh, after her thing. Right. Because her catchphrase in, in, in the Japanese is Mirai Zora, or it's the future. Um mm-hmm. But for Rin, it's she kind of adds the cat like nya on the thing because Rin is very much associated with cats, which is hysterical because she's actually allergic to them. Oh, um, nice. Um, yeah, Rin is canonically allergic to cats and loves them. Um, but Faye really captures it bes- despite being um, actually like significantly deeper in the vocal performance than her say you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Rin saying you can hear it when she sings uh, is higher. Because um, Rin does get to be the center for one of the songs. Um, which is the, the first one where they go traipsing through New York City after Umi's like, nope, I'm not going to go get fucking shot in the streets. Yeah, breaking um, into people's apartments and running through them. <laughs> just, I do cocaine! Um, <laughs> no, Rin does not actually do cocaine. If you do cocaine in Japan, you will disappear from society. Yeah. Nico, on the other hand... <laughs> Now, Nico, on the other hand, did an eight ball in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Found dead in Miami. Nico Yasua. How did she get from New York to Miami? Nobody knows. <laughs> That's the cocaine. Have you, ever done, have you co- ever done coke so hard that you ran down the eastern seaboard? <laughs> it's like, hey, it's like, you know, Rick James always said, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I just imagine, like, you're driving down, like, whatever fucking interstate goes from Florida to New York. You just look outside, just Nico just fucking running like a roadrunner. High, <laughs> high as fuck on coke with bloodshot eyes. Doing the uh, the, the devil man cryberry run. Yes, all while going, Nico, Nico, Nico. <laughs> we have just created someone's fucking nightmare fuel. Or someone's fetish. God damn it, No! <laughs> We're getting off track, so please. We're going to hell so hard. Please do not do cocaine and devil man run from Florida to New York to Florida. That is illegal in at least 30 states. At least 30. And one of them isn't Florida. Um, no, but yeah, Rin just runs through the houses of New York, which I guess in New York terms, like, ah, oh, fuck, just another musical. Um yep. But no, she's really great in this. And this was my introduction to Faye. And I remember I, I watched this and I was like, where the fuck is this girl? Like, where'd she go? And then she shows up again in Apocrypha and she was one of the best performances in that. Mm-hmm. And now uh, she's everyone's favorite useless goddess, unless you're Megan, who just doesn't like Konosuba. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's come a long way. And then Xanthia's Hanayo is also spot on. And she is really fucking close to her Seiyu. Um, like... Hanayo Seiyu and, and, and Xanthi are very close to each other. And it and normally, like, I've come to learn that I actually kind of hate that. Mm. Um, I enjoy them being in, like, maybe the same tone. But if it feels like I want you to imitate the Seiyu, it sucks. Mm. Because see my, see my, see a lot of my complaints with the Demon Slayer dub. Um, mm. But I think she does a really good job and... There's only one thing that pisses me off about Hanayo, and that's the show where they do the you're too fat to be an idol thing because Hanayo wants to eat. And I'm just like, go fuck yourself. She's like a twig. Mm. Um, but no, Xanthi does a really great job. I think she's really cute. I think that she does her freakouts really well. Like where, where, where they're in the restaurant and they're like, Hanayo, what's wrong? And she's like kind of crying. And she's like, nothing and they're like what's wrong <gasps> there's no white rice here it's just bread <laughs> and then she immediately like, eats the bread and goes oh this is yummy yeah oh this is fine but she's just like screaming and then they have to find her a fucking like hole in the crown chinese restaurant which is about the most accurate new york experience um it's just finding hole in the wall food that may or may not where the outside looks sketchy but the inside is delicious but no, they're great, and I actually think that they're some of my favorite performances in the movie, let alone the entirety of the dub of Love Live for the first series. 
So, yeah, no, I'm good to move on if you are. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. All right, let's talk about the Sundere and the meme. Mm-hmm. Maki Nishino is another first year. She's rich. She does all their songwriting. And she may or may not like you. She's also still believes in Santa. Don't tell her. He Don't tell her. Like, I'm no, a- it, it's canonical that she believes in Santa and they almost fucking kill Nico over it. Speaking of Nico. Nico. Uh, and then um, there's this bitch. bitch. <laughs> Nico Yazawa is the most controversial character in Love Live. You will love her or you will hate her. Uh, Nico is a third year who was originally tried to make the idol club herself, but ran away all everybody who would ever type to try. But she didn't know how to make friends, so eventually Honoka befriended her and get her to add her. But Nico thinks that she is the number one idol in the universe. Also, B, she's like, her mom works all the time. She's taking care of three younger siblings, which are the actual only two guys ever in Love Live, ever. Mm-hmm. Um... And there's an entire episode where she literally lies and says that everybody's her backup dancers and they go with it just to make her sibling smile. And I'm just like, are you fucking for real right now? Um, but yeah, no. So, yeah, I put these two together because everybody always jokes that Maki and Niki, Miki, <laughs> ah, Maki and Nico are girlfriends. Okay. Sa- same with Ren and Hanayo. Uh, but anyway, playing Maki Nishino is our writer, Caitlin Glass. And playing Nico Yazawa is Erica Mendez. Mach- uh, Caitlin Glass will know his characters such as Miria Havernet in Bakano, uh, Kyoko Mogami in Skip Beat in Saki in Zombieland Saga. Erica Mendez will know his characters such as uh, Chiriko Su- uh, Suriko Su- uh, Surumi in Anohana, uh, Fu Inu Bozuki in Yuki Yuna is a Hero, and Emma in The Promised Neverland. Uh, okay, let's let's talk about Maki first. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of Caitlin's more reserved performances. We've heard her go absolute ham in the past, um, such as Kyoko, which is one of my favorite performances in Skip Beat. That was absolutely one of my, that made Caitlin one of my favorite actresses of all time in that performance. Uh, with Maki, she's a little bit more reserved and, and you know, very taciturn. And, uh, and we get to see, it, it's... I don't want to say it's an easy role to play, but it seems like it's more of a chill role. Like, you really don't have to uh, exert yourself too much. She does have her moments, of course, but uh, but I think we've heard, definitely heard this performance from Caitlin Glass, and we know we, she, she can pull it off pretty well. And so, yeah, she's, kudos to her. Let me preface this by saying, I did not know this was possible. <laughs> <laughs> I re- remember... When we found out the original cast, when they first announced the cast of Love Live years ago, the last person anyone expected to play Nico was Erica Mendez. Because you know, Erica Mendez, voice of everyone's favorite tiny moe girl, Ryuko Matoi. Right. Yeah, because up until that point, she had only ever been cast as little boys or as really hot uh, hot-blooded uh, female characters. Um, and so listening to her performance as Nico, and she has this tiny little, tiny little girl with this tiny little voice, but this big attitude, it was, it was kind of a shock. But I gotta say, she pulls it off well. Like, 
if you had told me before this was announced that Erica Mendez was going to be playing this this little character, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're you're joking. But now, I mean, she nails it right on the head. So. Yeah, I know, and I I vividly remember that a lot of people attacked her for being Nico. Hmm. Which is absolutely disgusting. Like, right. Look, if you're a person who takes it as a personal offense that an actor is dubbing a character you like and you don't like it and you see the need to harass them, you need to step back and look at yourself. Like, a few feet. Step back a, a few a few good feet, yeah. You need to social your distance your ass away from yourself. Um, like, look, I get it. There are tons of times where I've been disappointed in performances. I think Hardy has been disappointed in performances for characters that he had a certain expectation for for voices. We've all been there. And you know Mm -hmm. what? You're completely valid to be disappointed in performances. You're completely valid in not liking that. You're completely valid in saying, uh, saying, hey, I prefer the sub. Uh, Going up to these people and being like, your voice sucks, this is why I pirate and watch the sub, makes you a dickhole. Um, Like, we get it. You like the sub. Go watch the sub version of Love Live. Like, you're not gonna change the fact that the performance is already recorded. Like, get over it. I actually think Erica does a pretty fine job as Nico. Again, it's not what I typically, like, associated with her back when this came out. It is a little bit more now because Nico just sounds like a lot bitchier version of Emma. <laughs> um, because Emma's another little spunky girl character. But she's a good girl and not a demon from the pit of hell. Nico is the Teemo of Love Live. And if you know what Teemo is, congratulations, you're a League of Legends playing degenerate like me. Um, but I think she does a fine job. I don't think it's necessarily her best work that I've ever heard. Um, I, I, I think I'm a little bit more preferential to the hot-blooded Erica's. Mm. Or maybe some of the stuff that she gets a little bit more meat in the drama. I, I vividly remember liking her in Anohana. Uh, Ryuko Matoi is one of my favorite performances from her of all time. Mm. Deservedly um, so. Yeah, like, it, it's fucking phenomenal. And I would kill to do a Kill a Kill episode at one point during Maybe all of this. one, one day. One day. <laughs> one day I'll get my Kill a Kill episode. Yeah. We um, just got done with Gurren Lagann. We gotta, we gotta space the Imaishi out a little bit. Mm. Uh, hmm. Mm. We've actually covered almost all of his things, of all things, actually, which is kind of terrifying. Right. Um, but no, I'm trying to think of other, like, Erica Mendez roles that I, like, vividly remember recently. Agretzko? Like, yeah, like, Agretzko is really good. Agretzko is really good. Then, again, Little Boy is, like, Aladdin and Sachio. So, like, Nico is such a weirdly unique character. And also, B, I think she does the Nico Nico knees really well. Mm-hmm. Like, she it rolls off her tongue. She is completely fine. Like I don't see why people attacked her like that because honestly she's she's kind of great as Nico. Like I don't think anybody else out there really could have done it. It's it's a lot like a Jessica Calvello as Hajime mm-hmm. from from Gotchman Crowds where it's not perfect, but could you see anybody else encapsulating a character like this? Okay, yeah. And then uh, Caitlin as Maki. This is a... 
I haven't seen New Game, but it gives me kind of the vibes that her character in New Game's voice has, the girl right. with the gun. Where it's, it is the more mm-hmm. laid back, it is the very more chill, though, though she does have kind of moments where she, I think she, like, kind of squeaks a little bit cause when Maki gets a little huffy. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily, like, my favorite Caitlyn performance of all time. It's, again, perfectly serviceable. I think that she does get outshined a little bit, especially in the first years, by Hanayo, at, uh, by Faye and Xanthi. Mm-hmm. Which is very strange, because considering at this point, uh, Xanthi had been in the game, but I don't think she was as well known, and Faye is very new, and Caitlyn at that point had been a very established actress. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not saying that it's bad, it's just also very much like, there. I will also say that she does match to her Seiyu singing, so when it goes from her speaking English to her singing, it doesn't feel as jarring. Mm. So... Are we good to move on to the next set of characters? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So let's talk about the other two third years, Ellie Ayase who, and Nozomi Tojo. Ellie Ayase was the original student council president when Otono Hizaka was going to be closed and she was trying to save it. And she was a real bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very adamantly against Honoka Umi and Katori starting Muse. Um, but eventually she, she wanted kind of friends and came around and they were able to work to save the school. Um, and she was assisted by her longtime girlfriend, I mean, best friend, uh, Nozomi Tojo. Nozomi Tojo is the, oh boy. She likes boobs. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Um, Nozomi Tojo exists for the people that want to bang Camilla from Fire Emblem Fates. That is... That is accurate, yes. Um, I am one of those people. (laughs) Camilla from Fire Emblem Fates. People who are too much of a coward to realize Mercedes is a better option. Um, I love you, but you need to meet Mercedes from Three Houses, who is essentially the same character, but with less of the kind of creepy incest attached to it. Okay, technically you're not siblings in Fates, and I'm a hypocrite because I did marry Leo once. Mm -hmm. But... She's very much the Ara Ara character. She's your, she is, she's the big titty Donisan option. So all y'all who liked Ichika from uh, Quintuplets, there's your girl. Um, but Nozomi is kind of like this weird, this weird force that kind of causes this all to happen. She's, she's the like- secret puppet master. <laughs> <laughs> she's like the secret puppet master fortune teller. Also, she has this. Okay. All according so, to Keikaku. Kaku. Yeah, she's the she is all according to Keikaku, but if you've ever watched the actual series for this, there is a hysterical moment where they're trying to catch Nico. And Nico, because Nico is like tiny and like flat chested, she slips between two trucks and Nozomi tries to go and she looks down and her boobs are in the way. So she grabs <laughs> Rin and pushes her in there. And it is like the single funniest joke in the show. As somebody with giant boobs, that moment was, I get you. Mm-hmm. So, playing Ellie ISA is Erica Lindbeck, and playing Nozomi Tojo is Laura Post. Erica Lindbeck, you'll know as characters such as Ibarra Naruse and Copelion, Jericho in The Seven Deadly Sins, and Kari, uh, Mia- Kaori Miyazuno in Your Lie in April. Ah. Nozomi Tojo is known for playing every shitty mom in anime. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, or am I? Um, Nozomi to- uh, Lorepost plays Shibana in The Dragon Dentist, 
Cindy Campbell and Squid Girl and Tori Fubi, uh, Fuyama and Aitachi Muyo. Yes! She's Ragio and Kill la Kill and Isabella in Promise Neverland too, which mm-hmm. is really funny because of how much Nozomi dunks on dunks on Nico. The floor is yours. All right. Um, Erica Lindbeck has really made a big, uh, big impression um, lately because she's she's nabbed up some major roles. Uh, in case you haven't heard of a little video game that recently came out, uh, I don't know, Final Fantasy VII Remake? Do you mean, Kingdom, Heart- Do you mean Kingdom Hearts Goth Edition? Shh. Enough <laughs> about kidding. that. But yeah, no, she plays She plays uh, not one of the main characters, but one of the more prominent characters who has gotten a really big following as of late. So <laughs> She plays Lax Waifu. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Every d- I love you, Lack, but I, I kind of giggle every time he comes in going, God, Jesse's so hot! <laughs> He's like, I know what I'm getting myself into! Yeah. But anyways, uh, this, I, w- I don't want to say this is one of her first roles, but it was one of her earlier ones before she she got really big in the anime voiceover community. And um, Ellie's just kind of chill. Um I mean, for the second half, after she st- after she takes a chill pill and and stops being such a heinous pain in the ass. But, Once uh, the stick is dislodged from her asshole. Right, right. Because I mean, it's like a it's like a night and day difference within an episode. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my main main critiques of the main series is that is Ellie just turns from being this heinous wench to just the sweetest but big sister type imaginable and there's like no explanation no explanation right right um but yeah i think erica ellie's just sort of chill and lax and doesn't really have a whole lot of angry parts or anything like that so it's a pretty easy role to play i'd have to say and so and erica's a very very talented actress and so it's just i i would say it's a pretty easy gig um laura Nozomi Tojo does not sound like Laura Post. I mean, because I know what Laura Post sounds like. She's always the big mom chan, very deep, low register, um, older. And what's which is ironic because Laura is actually pretty young. I don't even think. She, I think she's she might be in her early thirties. I have no idea. But I have to look it up afterwards. But uh, but yeah, this this sounded. It sounded like it was not really a voice, but it was Laura making a voice for Nozomi. It sounded like she had to make her much higher pitch than what her natural register is. And so it's not a bad, but it is a little bit on the jarring side. And I wouldn't know if, if it was me, I'd probably not have Laura, but it's probably someone like Carrie Carradine in here. Um, if that's I know exactly what you mean because they the two of them get I think in a lot of people's mind I think a lot of people mix them up with each other mm-hmm. um so I I understand where you're coming from I just want you to finish your point first oh I'm I'm pretty much done it's no somebody's no somebody's yeah. no, kind of a jarring performance for me and I, back in the day, I did give Dubby, Laura, Lauren Post a, a W for it, because I think Nozomi in the, the actual series is better acted than 
in the movie. Yeah. Well, I think she does more in the series. Yeah. She's she's not really a character as much as she is like a force for for uh like she's like a, you mentioned a, the puppet master. Yeah, she's more of a a, a a piece mover than a character in this. And I think that kind of fucks things up for Nozomi in the movie mm-hmm. is that she doesn't get to actually like you know be a character. Right. She's just a force. Because mm-hmm. I think Lauren Lauren Post is is honestly like one of the best actresses out in California, in my opinion. I think mm. she's fantastic. Like, right, she, right. I agree. She, is, she constantly does a lot of stuff that I I genuinely think is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a shame that in this movie, um, she doesn't get to to do that. Um, I I think the performance is fine, but I actually would would lump both Erica and Lauren in, into two of the more weaker performances in the movie. Mm-hmm. Not that they're bad, but they just, something feels off about them. Yeah. And maybe it is because I, when I think of like Erica Lindbeck, I do think of more like upbeat and energetic characters. Uh, like her character in Ano. I think she was, was that her in Anohana? I think that was her in Anohana. Or someone like Chilai. I, I, I can't say because I've never seen yeah, that movie. Yeah, true, true. That's fair. Uh, like, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that it's it's her as Anaru. Is, because that's what I I immediately think of. of. Uh, was meant... Yes, she, Anaru. Mm-hmm. Like, her Anaru performance is what I think of when I hear Erica Limbach or Jericho, mm-hmm. who I mentioned. Um... I think that she's laid back and subdued, but I think at points it's a little too laid back and subdued, if you know what I mean. Right. Like, there's no sense of agency or urgency in this, and it's just like, well, it it kind of feels like that this character doesn't really have a sense of... That the performance with the character doesn't seem like there's a sense of urgency in there. Mm -hmm. Which, again, not a bad performance, but it's just maybe a little bit lackluster compared to the series. Um... And then with, I think I, did I give my points about, yeah, I did give my points about lower post. Yeah. But like, it's really weird because like, it's funny you mentioned Carrie Kernan in, because I, I immediately think of Carrie Kernan's character in Seven Deadly Sins, because she reminds me a lot of Nozomi in terms of looks. She's evil. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, it is, it is kind of weird that that isn't Carrie, Carrie Kernan, but I also I also think that Laura can actually slip into being younger a little bit more because remember if you've watched her Madoka episode I have a huge problem with Carrie as uh, mommy right. because I think she makes mommy sound too old but Nozomi's like at least five years older than than her so maybe mm-hmm. she could get away with it. Uh, so let's move on to the second years mm-hmm. uh, or two of them anyway Umi Sonoda and Katori Minami. Umi is the kind of more uptight voice of reason among the second year. She's one of Honoka's oldest friends with Katori. Uh, she does Kudo. If I'm... Yeah, she does do Kudo. Uh, thanks, Surene, for teaching me that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does archery, but it, it, it's fucking Kudo. Um, she's also the songwriter. She writes all the lyrics and stuff, no, uh, and Maki does all the music. She has all the composition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katori yeah. is a the daughter of the head of Otodokizaka, aka the true villain of the series. Um... 
as well as the costume designer and seamstress. She's also, like, a famous Akiba maid. That's a fucking thing that happens, and there's an entire episode fucking dedicated to that for some dumbass reason. Mm-hmm. Granted, it does give us a really good song called Wonder Zone, so... Mm-hmm. Um, all is forgiven there, Katori. Uh, playing Umi is Kira Buckland, and playing Christina... Uh, playing Katori is Christina... Playing Christina V is Katori! No. Uh, playing uh, Katori is Christina V. Kira Buckland, you'll know as characters such as Hydra Bell in Bloodlot, uh, Ren Kogyoku in the Magi series, hell yeah, favorite member of the Kogi- of the Ren family, and Raimi uh, Sugimoto in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable. Christina V, you'll know as characters such as Lucy Maud Montgomery in, B- in Boongo Stray Dogs, uh, Morgiana in the Magi franchise, and Reina Kozuka in Liz and the Bluebird. Uh, let's start off with uh, Bill Shatner's favorite love life character, Umi Sonoda. <laughs> which is God. this is the, which is a thing. Look it up. Yes. Uh, um, Kira Bucklin is sort of all over the place in uh, in some of her roles. I've listened to some where she sounded more like she was reading from the page and less natural. I think Umi is one of her definitely more of her more natural ones. This is this is probably one of my favorite performances from Kira. If I had to pick him out out from like a bunch of different um, different roles that she's done, uh, Umi is just she's trying her best. She's like the she sort of like tries to be the team mom, but um, Umi is just Steph. <laughs> I'm gonna tell her you said that. <laughs> No, but uh, but yeah, it's no. true. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she tries to keep everyone on the straight and narrow. She tries to keep everyone um, doing the right thing. When in reality, she's just kind of scared in order to try new things. She's hesitant. Um, but yeah, I, I like how she plays. Umi is so uptight, and yet she can simply cannot understand how she keeps losing at uh, what is it? Go fish. No, they're playing old maid and she literally like can't win because her facial reactions. Yeah. And they are fucking meme worthy. (laughs) And so, yeah, I I, I think Kira is really good as Umi. Um, Christina as Coterie. It's a hard sell. It really is a hard sell because she cranks up her voice really, really high uh, to the point to where it doesn't really sound very natural i know coterie is supposed to be this really cute bubbly character but it it sounds like she's making a voice of a parody almost if you have to ask me unless like a a natural voice so i'm i have mixed feelings on on christina's performance as coterie um that's just me no i i agree with you there i'll i'll do umi first though um sometimes actually kira's a hard sell for me on umi I think she sound, makes Umi sound a little bit older. Um, n- not necessarily, but I also do think, again, it, it, it's a thing of they kind of ma- they were maybe trying to match it to her, her Seiyu, which, boy, howdy, never look into the life of Umi Seiyu. People are awful to her. Mm. Um, yeah, if you think people are awful to American voice actors, do not, in- unless you want to look at some sad, awful truths, do not look at what happens to, like, Seiyu and Idol in Japan. It is some of the bleakest shit you'll look at. Ouch. Um, it is fucking bleak. Um, we don't even need to talk about what happened to Aya Har- uh, Harado. Oh, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we're not talking about that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, no, but Kira sometimes I was very surprised that like she was Umi, and and oddly enough, not Christina V being Umi because Umi is something that I could see Christina V playing and not the other way around. And then like having like a Christina Cabanos play Picatori. Mm, I could see it. Um. I think Kira, Kira really grew on me in the show, and I think in the movie she does a really good job, especially when she's, like, fucking yelling at Honoka about Honoka tripping balls. <laughs> um, Honoka, Honoka makes Umi's life a living hell most of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, poor Umi being Umi Tanada is suffering. Uh, but Kira really, I think, grew on me as the movie went along, mm-hmm. and um, I think she, she kind of did it. Uh, I am in 100% agreement with Christina Villas Katori. Mm-hmm. Christina V. Askatori is. It's not bad, but it's not right. Mm. It's it does sound like you say it sounds like a parody, or it sounds like. Katori, if you've watched the movie, you played the game, you can tell Katori Sayu sings in a way that does not sound like a person. She sings very airy, very. Like that kind of voice mm-hmm. where it's very high pitched and it's very much pushing. And I think that because they wanted to try to match this the song to the singer, they make her push her voice that high. And there are just times that it sounds very awkward and very fake. Mm. And, and granted, you're not watching Love Live for like realistic performances yeah. most of the time. Like, this isn't, like, something like 91 Days where you need it to be kind of grounded in reality or more dramatic performances with the one occasional guy freaking out about lasagna. Yeah. Which I, I still haven't actually watched that. No, I'm apparently not allowed to look up that scene without seeing it in context. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I'm trying to think of something else that would, that would, this isn't like Land of the Lustrous or Stars, where parts of that are going to call for more grounded, realistic performances. But at the same time, this isn't something like Zombieland Saga, where you're having these much more cartoony moments in that, or maybe say even like a panty and stocking, mm-hmm. which isn't an idol show technically, but they have a weird, they have an entire music video dedicated to a song they sing in there, so fuck it. Um, thanks, Guy Nax. Mm-hmm. Um, where they have to be like uh, cartoony and over the top or even something like um, I'm trying to think of a, a more recent kind of comedy show that's uh, you know, like more lighthearted show lighthearted but not exactly zany or something like yeah. that yeah uh, well I was going to say Africa Celery Man but that's out of the question um, yeah, that is absolutely out of the question yeah uh, I don't know more like it's roommate not- cat Oh, yeah, yeah, something like that, right. Where there, there, you need to have comedy, but there are points of the show where things do get real and you're going to have these dramatic moments. And Katori's voice, Christina's performance as Katori is pushed to this place where, like, you can't exactly believe that this is an actual, like, 15 or 16-year-old girl. Right. She sounds like a vocaloid almost. Yeah, which this isn't the type of show that calls for that. This isn't, like fucking cocky pro which thanks anaplex but even then that show wouldn't there's only one character that would have to be pushed to a vocaloid and that's the actual character that looks like miku like this isn't kizuna i is in uh which is hysterical because she's technically the canonical voice of kizuna i um 
This isn't like you have Kisuna Ai there, so... Mm-hmm. Again, not bad, just very, very, like, kind of hard to adjust or sell to, and that is a performance I could see people even being, like, dub-only people who are like, what the fuck? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's move on to idol Jesus herself. Mm-hmm. Miss Honoka Kosaka. Honoka Kosaka is the daughter of a baker, of a traditional Japanese sweets baker, who uh, loves her school and wants to save it. So she starts up this idol group and they they go the distance. They save the school. They become the champions. Yay. Uh, they go to New York and then this bitch gets on a subway with Eric Andre and starts fucking tripping balls. <laughs> um, like, holy shit. She starts running into like a future version of herself and she's also kind of the point of contention, which is my biggest problem with this movie, which is like, They've already made a decision on what they're going to do. Why are we rehashing the same fucking plot point? Dramatic um, effect. And act. also also to get that to that uh, that 90-minute runtime. Yeah, got to pad that runtime out. Yeah. Um, granted, granted, the final song in that movie does make me cry like an absolute bitch because that is actually... That was the final song that, that they sing over the credits is what they sing at the final live for Muse. And if you ever watch it, like, there's a rip of it on YouTube... You will mm-hmm. fucking cry your eyes out because all of those seiyus immediately break into tears when they're done singing. Mm. Like, they are... I, I cry like a baby watching it. Um, But yeah, she runs into a future version of herself which has no name. So we have decided to call her Honoka Andre. <laughs> She's just Honoka Andre now. Honoka Andre is played by Amanda C. Miller and Honoka Kosaka herself is played by Marie Harrington. Amanda C. Miller, you'll know his characters such as Boruto Uzumaki and Boruto Naruto Next Generations, Miku Zeze in Twin Star Exorcist, and Makoto Kino, aka Sailor Jupiter, in the Sailor Moon franchise, as dubbed by Viz. Um, Reeve Harrington, you'll know as Tomomi Heta in FLCL Alternative, Surano Yui in Magia Record, Madoka Magica Side Story, and the Tornado of Terror in the first season and OVA of One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. She was replaced by Karina Bettiger in season two's dub. There's no official confirmation as to why she did it, but if I'm correct, Marie Harrington is one of the leads in a Disney show called Big City Greens, and it's believed that the recordings conflicted, but uh-uh. she... Yeah, but we don't that we don't know. Yeah, nothing's official. Yeah, nothing's official. But so she don't is quote back. us on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But she is back for Magia Record, which was, which is still technically a simul dub. Right, right. Um, and she's the girl, which we boy howdy, uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one eventually. Uh, mm. uh, Hardy, go ahead. Ah, let's see. Let's get the uh, the I'm you from the future. Honoka out of the way. Honoka like, Andre. Yes. With me. There's no time to explain. <laughs> but um, I keep confusing Amanda C. Because I know it's her, but I keep confusing her for the other Miller, uh, Marianne Miller, which they have similar voices at times, I have to say. I, I kind of, I like the performance quite a bit. But I do wonder what they what could have happened if they have gotten Mariev herself to deepen her own voice and played this character. But then again, that might have given the twist away a little bit too easily. Um, 
because as the female singer, she doesn't even have a name. And, and so you have to think about it just a little bit in order to actually understand what happens. And um, the more you think about it, the more you're like, the fuck. Yeah. I mean, what was, in, what was in that? What were they eating right before they got on the train? I forget. Was it the cheap I- Chinese food? Yeah, holy shit, yes. (laughs) What was in that back alley Chinese restaurant? Who knows? Yeah, because that ain't chicken. (laughs) Hardy, no, that's kind of racist. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, but... It's um, weed. There's weed in the chicken. (laughs) Hey, man, CBD's really hot right now. Uh, (laughs) CBD-infused fried chicken. Oh fuck. You know it exists. You absolutely know it exists. It's There is to. there is probably C- CDC C- chicken out there. It's probably in Denver. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it is in Denver. <laughs> Please no, do not try to find us the CDC fried chicken. <laughs> but uh but yeah, uh it's a minor character, but uh, I think Amanda does does it really well um moving on to honkers herself by the way i'd like to point out that honika wears a shirt when she when she works out that literally has the character for the beginning of her name so she wears a shirt that says oh (laughs) (laughs) she literally just wears a shirt that says oh on it yeah um Here's the thing. I have not heard Mariev Harrington in many things because I don't think she's been in many things other than like One Punch Man and and Fully Cooly Alternative. Um, so I have no real basis to judge her performance here compared to other things she's done. That having been said, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this performance because I like the energy and I like the youthfulness, but I'm not sure. I think she might lay it on a bit too thick at times. Because, um, I mean, let's be real. Honoka is a pixie stick given human form. Um, She's a hummingbird on crack. Yeah. And so willing to run out in traffic and run down wet stairs at, you know, uh, like she's on an episode of Jackass or something. Every time Umi Umi walks into school, like the jingle is just like haunting her through the halls. Hi, I'm Honoka Kosaki. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> Proceeds to jump in a in a shopping cart and <laughs> drive into traffic as Rin pushes it down the hill. <laughs> Burn it! Come on, Rin, push harder. <laughs> but anyways, no, um. I th- in general, I like the performance. It has lots of energy. It has lots of, of spunk to it. But I do think sometimes she's able to lay it on a bit too thick and makes makes Hanukkah sound not exactly authentic, but it's it's hard not to like it, at least. And yeah. Yeah, it's it was that way through all the entire season one, too. So Yeah, no, it's, it's really hard to believe her sometimes when Hanukkah's being a little bit more dramatic and... Let's just go with this. This movie vastly improved my thoughts on Honoka because I fucking hated Honoka after the show. Oh man, she was she was the worst at times. She was the f- Honoka. She Honica was the first to quit. Quit. Yeah, Honoka fucking quits. Like, 
Like, here's the thing. When I recorded the original Love Live Sunshine episode, I said that I didn't like Chica very much because she was a little too much on Hanukkah. I take that back. I love Chica. Mm -hmm. Like, Chica's my solid number two for uh, Sunshine. Maybe my number one. Like, I love Johanna a lot, but Chica's up there because Chica never gave up. Right. Chica's a fucking G. Mm -hmm. Like, Chica actually experienced hardcore failure. After trying, and not, oops, I pushed myself and got myself sick. Time to quit. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, the slap was a little bit too far. Nuh-uh, Honoka earned that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one for violence between people, but Honoka fucking deserved it. Um, Marive is, is fine. Marive is, is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder, because... I think that Cassandra Morris as Tsubasa was a little bit stronger for me. What it would have been like if you had switched the two of them. Because mm-hmm. I think Cassandra Morris would have been a great Honoka too. That's like, that's possible, yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's very weird to talk about this dub because there are just sometimes where you're like, okay, what if you switch this for this? Would it sound as good? Maybe a little better? And it's a game of hypotheticals, which I think kind of detracts this dub a little bit for me because I don't like doing that with people. Right. Like, when I walk into a dub, like, it's not like when I, I sit and watch, um, say something like Akka, where, like, in my mind, nobody else could be Gene Otis. Mm-hmm. Or why a lot of people are pissed that something like Psyche K got redubbed, because for a lot of people, Jerry Jewel was the perfect Psyche. Right. Or how um, a lot of people don't like uh, the whole thing where Tagaki got picked up by Netflix because Sarah Weed and Hef was Tagaki to them. Let us not forget the whole Berserk incident as well. Yeah, the the, the recasting things. And, mm-hmm. and and look, like I'm not saying, like, if that happens, like, again, that's another situation where, hey, that actor probably couldn't control it. That's on the licensers. Uh, go yell at them, not the actor. And by yell, I mean kindly give your critique mm-hmm. and then suck it up and get over it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not changing it back. Nope. Um, and that's and that's here. I'm also not super familiar with Marie Heritage because I don't watch. I I've never seen FLCL Alternative, and I'm not a One Punch Man fan. Right. Um. But we're both gonna get pretty familiar with her because she's in Magia Record. Oh, that's right. And so we're gonna have to listen to her more. Once and see. once it once it finally all releases due to the stupid you know pandemic he, that's going on. So the human malware. Right. Yeah. The human malware. Um. And then uh, Amanda C. Miller as Honoka Andre. Um, she's she's fine. Um, it's really weird because you can very much tell that there are two different people playing her between like her speaking and her singing. Mm-hmm. Because she sings in English most of the movie. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, again, it's kind of jarring, but that is what it is. Um, right. And you, and you can she... definitely tell it was a Japanese actress who was singing in English as well, because it's... Yeah, this isn't like a, a one point, uh, uh, a Dr. Stone situation. Right. Where they, they got a... I think she was British to sing uh, the song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or the um, a My Hero Academia uh, uh, Might Plus You situation, where I think that actri- that uh, singer was on American Idol. Yeah, and or I think the song that Jiro uh, sings is also sung by a Westerner. Ah, uh, yeah. But anyways. Yeah, that's a, a whole other point. But mm-hmm. I think that she does perfectly fine in this. Um, and, and that's kind of like my whole feelings about the stub. It's fine. Um, mm-hmm. and, and their performances. 
I the thing I always felt about Marie is that sometimes it did feel a little bit like a, a Disney cartoon character at times, mm-hmm. which is not bad. There are a lot of perfectly well acted Disney cartoons. I mean, look at the Ducktales show; it's great. Well, if I'm um, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't this English dub? Didn't it first air on like a kids network? It okay, like this, Primo, wasn't it, or something like that? No, it was on some Korean channel. Yeah. It was like on some premium Korean cable channel. And I know this because a friend of mine in high school and early in college and when this came out, because I think I was still working at the call center when this dub got announced. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her her mom had that channel and would watch it often. So it was on there. Weird. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was something really weird. But um, let's get into our, our final thoughts uh, on this movie and I guess kind of the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, man, Like, because we're almost done. Yeah. Uh, did I enjoy this movie and do I enjoy Love Live? Uh, it's nice and fluff for me. You know, there were some, it's the most innocent thing you could possibly imagine. The only thing that you could maybe find offensive is some people might not like, uh, not like, might not like the swimsuit episodes and some people might not like, uh, uh, was it Nozomi's whole tarot card thing, which we got an excellent meme of her giving the middle finger when they edited it out. So, but, but, um, but it's the most innocent thing you could ever possibly imagine. And it, it sort of, it's harmless. That's all I can say. And if you're the type of person who, wants to watch something in English or if if you want to show it to someone who's who's younger it would be a good starting series for uh, for like a younger generation younger audience because it is pretty much harmless and um, and saccharine and sweet and and cute and um, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why the dub kind of comes off sort of almost kids showish because I think they might have been targeting a younger audience. and uh, But I enjoy it for what it is. It's it's not going to bring the house down. It does have some pretty emotional points to where you get a bit missy-eyed. But it's, you know, it's... Or if you're Megan, you cry your fucking eyes out. <laughs> that, that is true, yeah. Well, there, were, there were a few moments to her that got me as well. But I mean, as far... It's not going to set the world on fire. But it's a fine show. And um, you could do a whole lot worse when it comes to idol anime. A whole lot worse. A lot worse. Yeah. As far as whether Love Live is deserving of its massive fame as comparison to other shows, I, I can't really say because I don't really follow a lot of idol anime. This is really the only one. And, and Zombieland Saga. But that's that's a completely different story altogether. Um, but uh, in, those, in those few times we have, have subject the boys to watch like Udapri and Ensemble Stars, which yes. is, is a lot of fun. Yes. We are planning our vengeance, believe me. Uh, but Here's the fun thing. Watching Ensemble Stars with the guys is hysterical because we just turned it into fucking riff tracks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and, believe, and we still can't believe that's Anthony Bowling. So. Yeah. Nobody. Nope. No one believed Anthony Bowling was the hot vampire dude. <laughs> we love you, Anthony Bowling, hot vampire man. I, I feel really bad that you say that because he's like actually legitimately one of the best actors in that show. Oh yeah, no, he's he's great. So, 
Like, I, I kind of want to, like, next time we're all together, like, I kind of want to keep watching that show with everybody. Just, like, yeah. picking it up from where we left off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be honest, would I watch this show if it wasn't dubbed? Probably not, because uh, when it came out, it was not something that really caught my eye. But now that I own it, and now that it's out of print, unfortunately, uh, and, and I have a backup copy, thank God, I, I'm, I don't regret purchasing it. And so, yeah, it's, it's a fun, good time. And I, as far as... Because it's going to come up as far as best girl for Muse. I got to go because I because I got to go with one of the older two. Um, either Ellie or probably knows of me because Ellie had her bitch moments. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a pretty easy guy to read. Although F, definitely for Sunshine, my favorite is Yo, no question. But um but yeah, if you get a chance to watch this, I think you'll 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 have a good time. But I do think Sunshine is better. Yeah, no, I am I am in the camp of I've watched both shows and Sunshine's better. So like, I've wanted to do an episode of the original Love Live for a couple of years because, like, fun fact: when I originally watched Love Live, I watched the entire sub in like two days. Wow, you blitzed through it. I blitzed through it. I've actually blitzed through the entire dub on Christmas Eve one year. Wow. I forced my mother to watch every episode of this with me. Um, she hasn't seen the movie. She doesn't really care. Okay. Um, so Rin has always been my favorite character just because I've resonated with her too, just because I am the tomboy who wishes that she was a little bit more feminine. So mm -hmm. Rin's entire episode makes me ball like a baby. Mm. Um, Johanna is still my best sunshine girl because she's the fucking dumbass. Uh, but Chica's up there too. Um, but this dub is really weird in that, do I think it's, like, the best dub ever? No. And I think my opinions on it from when we recorded that dubby's episode to now has vastly changed. I think that this dub has been done better by Sunshine. And you can always say, and this is something that always does need to come up in, in talking about a dub, is... Yes, dub quality is sometimes affected by the material that's in the show. I think Love Live Sunshine is a vastly better anime. Therefore, there's a lot more chances for stronger, more poignant performances. That being said, this dub is solid for what it aims for. If you are a person who only does English dubs and does not care about the larger Love Life franchise as a whole, this is perfectly acceptable to watch. Tell people who are like, oh, you're watching the dubs, just go fuck themselves because they're not worth your time. Mm -hmm. Um... But this dub is really weird in that this dub walking is what gave other dubs the ability to run. Mm. Um, for a long time, idol anime wasn't dubbed. Like, the idol master anime, like, all three of them are not dubbed. Side M, the original uh, Cinderella Girls, or the, the Chibi spinoff. Mm -hmm. None of them are dubbed. Um, a lot of male idol anime aren't dubbed. Utana Prince Sama's not dubbed. Suki Uda. Um... Shown in Hollywood, Bakamatsu Rock, um, Star Mew, um, Idolish Seven, they're not dubbed. Yeah. So, but stuff like Bang Dream, they went back and dubbed the second season of that. Like, Sentai listened to people and went back and dubbed the second season of that. Mm -hmm. uh, they did a, a dub cast of Review Starlight, which is another idol anime. Mm -hmm. um, and Ensemble Stars. Uh... Yeah, was a huge, <laughs> by the like, we haven't done the episode on that, but like, that one, to me, was a huge deal when Funimation decided to simul-dub that. Right. Because there there were no male-dubbed idol shows. Like, 
yeah, you have Show by Rock, but Show by Rock is mixed gender, and both seasons have primarily focused on the female bands, right. not the male bands. They have their episodes now and then, but like, Show by Rock is a show about Plasmagica, not about Shingon Crimson's. Right, right. Even though Shingon Crimson's is an infinitely better band. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the best characters of Show by Rock, fight me. Yeah. Um, but now we've got shows like Fuka and Zombie Line Saga coming out fully dubbed. Um, yeah. And, and I always hate, I always hate the thing where it's like, oh well, this isn't a true dub because they didn't dub this on because it's a legal quagmire. Right, and it's a case and by it, it's a case by case basis. Basis. Yes, and like, we cannot stress that enough. I think Caitlin has her, said herself, if it was up to her, she would like to dub every single song in every single anime that they released. It's not possible. Like. Yeah. She brought up Token Ranbu Hanamaru, in which the end credits are different for every episode. So imagine you have to yeah. go back and record 12 songs every single time. It's it's just a legal quagmire, and a lot of and times it's just not worth show, it. Yeah, and especially in a show with a cast of, like, 60 characters. Exactly. But, but like, my greater point is this. This dub walked so others could run, and I think that's also Muse's story. They walked so others could fly. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm thankful that this dub exists. And I'm glad that we got to talk about it, especially in, in movie format. Right. Because it does beg the question of, like, should these dubs exist? And the answer is yes, in my opinion. Um, dubs do offer accessibility. Mm-hmm. Like, I can show this to people who can't read. I can show this to people who are um, blind or visual impaired. Um, at the end, I, I always say the thing is like, shut up about subs versus dub. At the end of the day, you all love Nico and she is garbage. Yeah. Um, she's the worst, but it, it, it's, it's very weird in that it's not a flawless dub. It's not the best dub ever, but it's solid. It's serviceable. It's enjoyable. And it helped pave the way for other dubs for other idol shows that have vastly improved on what this formula sets up right and 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 like you said love life is a mostly harmless show um there are some stuff that that can get a little weird like uh the biggest critique actually is that nozomi grabs people's boobs a lot that is true yeah that's and that's just kind of weird that's a japanese thing that's sort of seen as kind of innocent and playful whereas over here it could be thought of as a sexual assault yeah, it is, and I say this as a girl who, throughout high school, my friends and I would just go punch each other in the boobs. Uh-huh. Um, titty, t- titty <laughs> Thursday, and you just go punch another girl in the tits. Isn't that supposed um, to like really hurt? It does. Uh. Don't do that. <laughs> like, don't please don't kick guys in the balls and don't punch girls in their chests. Um, if you would like to watch Love Lives, <laughs> the Love Life. <laughs> Good luck finding season one physically because it's out of print and I believe it is only streaming sub only on Amazon Prime. Season two is streaming sub only on Crunchyroll. And the movie you can rent sub or dubbed from YouTube. And I believe it might be on Amazon, but your best chance is to, if you see a physical copy, grab a physical copy because it's the only way you're getting the dub. Like if you see one at a con, well, if we ever have a con again, thanks to the pandemic, if you see one at a con, buy it. I don't care what price it is. Well, if it's, well, preferably under a hundred bucks. Yeah. Just like if you see it and it's at a reasonable price, please grab it because this is going out of print and we do not know who is going to rescue it as of the time of this recording. Mm -hmm. Um, if you'd like to follow us at the Dub Talk Podcast, you can follow us here on YouTube, Podbean, uh, Twitter, 
uh, Twitch, Tumblr's dead, Instagram, whatever. Um, if you'd like to support us as a one-time donation, we do have a link to our Kofi below. And if you'd like to support us on the regular, you can support us over at Patreon with our, and so here, and we will not survive without our lovely Patreons who are, um, B. Morris, Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, Miraculous Corazon, and Nico Robin, but with Yowie Hands. And our $10 Patreons, Carly Lestikow, Jacob Wilson, J2, aka Jared, Julia W., and Marissa Lenti. Um, plug yourself, big spaceman friend. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy. Um, well, I basically just since ever since Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, the influx of retweets of fan art has been immeasurable. No, I will not apologize. I've had to sit through so much Modao Zushi art that you can sit there and take it. Um, let's see. Shut up. We're not so me and Beth aren't sorry. <laughs> well, then. Do what you have to. Um, I'm to be also fair, a moderator. A lot of the Final Fantasy, some of the art is kind of great and hysterical. Yeah, it's really great lately. Yeah, but um, like Cherith Painsboro, especially. <laughs> oh my god! Somebody, an artist I follow, posted a slightly cursed image, and by slightly cursed, it's a little blessed. <laughs> and it's Aerith. It's Aerith, Tifa, and Cloud. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, Aerith holding two leashes, Tifa wearing a leash, holding a leash, Cloud wearing two leashes, Barrett in the back. What the fuck? <laughs> I gotta see that. You gotta post that for me in the art. I will, I'm gonna retweet it for, I'm gonna retweet it. Awesome. Anyways, uh, I'm also a moderator over at the Funimation forums and the Discord, so you can find me there if you want to chat. And, uh, that's basically it. Yeah, and if you want to follow me, I'm at QueenEra2 on Twitter. I shitpost on the regular, as well as repost, retweet a lot of Mao Dazushi art. As well as uh, talk about my cat, who is the best thing in the world. She's not in the room right now. Uh, every so often, you can actually see me scouting on Love Live when I save up gems. Um, but yeah, no, that's about it. So, uh, first summer at the movies, at least recording-wise, in the can. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. we are now it has free. begun. It begins. <laughs> Barney drinking. It begins. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you want to hotbox this subway car now? Yeah. Uh, I, got, I got some fried, I got some CBD oil. <laughs> How can I refuse? Get in, losers. We're going to hotbox the New York City subway system. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for me. All right. All right, everybody. Good night. Fall in love again with us next week. <laughs> Fuck. That's pumped. <laughs> yeah. Fall in love with us again next week. Otaku on my friends. And remember, please, whatever you do, don't be a fry and fuck your own grandmother. Later. You don't want to tell them to keep it manly? All right. Bye.